Hey all you nature park nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back to You're Gonna Die Out There. I'm Megan. And I'm Jen. And we are bringing you tales from the dark nature side. (laughs) (laughs) From evil nature. Not really. We love nature, but sometimes it bites. Maybe because either you deserved it or you didn't. Mm, Just for fun. Just to remind us of our place on this planet. Sometimes there's just innocent bystanders. They just get caught up in the natures. Yeah. Like the last story you told us, Jen. But that wasn't really Nate. I mean, that was just a murderer. But still, they were out. At, she was out at sea, but her family was a collateral damage from that. You know what I like to think hat. about that? I like to think that, and I didn't talk about this, but you know, I love a good ghost story. <laughs> and I totally, I'm just a total believer. Yeah, but right. what I like to think is that her parents were killed, murdered. Yes. And her little sister and her brother. And she survived, but I like to think they were with her somehow. They were the porpoises. Either that, like they manifest in the porpoises, mm-hmm. or they were just guiding the universe in a direction that would have saved her. Right. Because it is kind of a miracle. It was a crazy story. Yeah. It's a miracle she survived. Like she was right on the brink of death. And I like to think that I like to think that if I died, mm-hmm. I would be able to help my kids in some way, that whether would be nice. it's like kind of shifting, you know, circumstances in a way that it was in their favor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so that things would work out for them especially if it were like a life and death thing that's true my ghost would do that i think most parents ghosts would do that if i believed in ghosts then (laughs) maybe i would she believes she just doesn't think she believes i'm a skeptic I don't see how you can be. Like, how could so many people see things, hear things? Like, it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. And yet, people still don't believe it. I mean, it's it's really strange to me. How more blatant does it need to be for you to believe? Listen, Jen, one time I dislocated my elbow mm-hmm. and I tripped out on ketamine. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave me a bunch of stuff before that. But apparently, right. I metabolize drugs very quickly. Mm-hmm. That ketamine trip, whenever I hear people talk about like end of life tunnel stories, I'm like, oh, that's that's tripping on ketamine. But not all people are tripping on ketamine <laughs> when they're dying. I know. But I'm just saying like maybe it's something that happens in your brain. All right, listeners, a- <laughs> help me out here. To me, there's so much evidence. Like there's other things that I question. It's mm-hmm. not like I believe just anything crazy out there yeah i know but to believe that there is something after death or that there is there's experiences that people have or that i believe that there are real mediums Mm -hmm. like it's a real thing i just don't get it i think that there's like it's your neurons dying in your brain that creates these scenarios but it's fine i mean neurons dying in your brain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. mediums Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like when people are, uh, when people have those like life after death experiences. Well, I'm talking about people who see dead people. I don't know about, I mean, some, you know, I'm just going to say, do I watch someday you're going to die because yeah. we all will. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to be a ghost and you'll be like, God damn it. <laughs> Why? And I'll be also probably, you know, dead or close to it at the time. Sure, sure. Well, you know, well, I'm older than you anyway, but. I'll probably outlive everybody. <laughs> and I'll be like, hm, I, I mean, you. I'm not going to say I told you so, but it did. <laughs> so just saying. <clears throat> I just also think like sometimes, 
You know, it's a little sad not to believe in anything. Maybe. But it depends I mean, on your believe. it depends on your beliefs. And if any of you are Patreons and listen to our April bonus episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think there are some people who get a little extreme in their beliefs. It's true. Too extreme in their beliefs. So you can you can go back, become a Patreon and go listen to that episode. It's super interesting. But crazy stuff. But I'm just saying, it's all good. I respect <laughs> Whatever you want to believe. Uh, The thing that I have always believed, I think, since I took physics is, you know, energy. What is that? The first law of thermodynamics? Yeah. The energy can't be created or destroyed. So I believe that there's like people have energy in them. Mm -hmm. It goes back into the universe. But I don't necessarily believe that they have a consciousness anymore. All right. We can leave it there. Yeah. We'll see. We'll all know someday. Just go down like a tree. Right. Yeah. Or something happens. That's true. The The worst part is that if I'm right, no one will ever know. <laughs> you can come back and tell me. But but how would I come back? Because I wouldn't exist anymore. That's what you believe. My consciousness. But if you're wrong, then you would come back. Right, right, right. And then you would look for those mediums that you've, you know, like dissed your whole life. <laughs> but I could never be like, like, hey, 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 listen. And they're like, whatever, <laughs> non-believer. But I could never be like, haha, I was right if I was right. Wait. You know what I mean? Like if I'm right and we are just energy and cells and things that break down into the universe, I could oh. never consciously come back and tell you yeah. about it. So it would just be like. So why would you want to believe that? Because that's so lame. Of course, you'd want to come back and be like ha <laughs> so just you know jump oh on my, my bandwagon come on over <laughs> it's nice and cozy over here also i've you know i don't want my ancestors to be able to see me taking showers or pooping you know what if they do that's on them what right? you know what i mean if that's their choice is to sit around and watch you sit on the toilet or you know blow your nose or whatever mm-hmm. like that's their choice I, I can't stop you. Dirty ancestors. You know, pro- chances are they probably wouldn't unless not. they're creepers anyway to begin with. That's true. And then you just don't need them in your life. So you can just pretend they're not there. Perfect. You need to watch some more Travel Channel. That's all I'm saying. I watch, I mean, I watch a little Travel Channel. You need to watch You're like, talking about ghost, ghost All uh, the hauntings. Yeah. The dead mm-hmm. files, the all the paranormal stuff. I'm just saying. I did watch Long Island Medium for a little while. Oh, yeah. She's pretty entertaining. I like the dead files. I like Amy. She's... She's pretty cool. All right, I'll go check those and out. And they do the thing where it's like she works with a cop and he didn't believe anything. And I watched interviews with him after he's like, yeah, I didn't believe any of this. It was just silly. And he'll go. So basically some people will call and be like, oh, all these things are happening at our house. And then mm-hmm. he'll go and research the history of the house. And he even talks to like any crimes that took place. Like he'll go back and because he's a, like a New York City investigator, detective, retired. And he's like a real tough guy. Steve. So he'll go and investigate uh, separately. Amy will go in and do her like walk through the house and get all her vibes. And she even has a sketch done, like one or two sketches done of things she saw. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're super creepy. And people then they'll look at him and then they'll do an interview and they'll she'll share her side of it. And he'll share what he found out about things that happened in the past or even recent past. Mm-hmm. And there's always something that will correlate. And sometimes he'll even have pictures of people who used to live on the property and something that she had drawn and they'll look exactly the same. It's just crazy. And the person mm-hmm. or the person that was seeing things will be like, that's what we've seen. I don't know. I'm st- I'm still a skeptic. No, you can be. You can be a skeptic. <laughs> I it's so it's totally okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that I believe it. I totally respect you for those. I, I totally do. I think because things have happened to me and I've felt things or 
seeing things mm-hmm. that made it real to me. Right, right. Maybe you've just never experienced anything. It's also like if you had a weird experience and maybe you chose to think of it in your own sad brain way that you just don't want to believe it because it's too scary. It's too creepy. It might be too creepy for mm-hmm. you because you are a big scaredy cat when it comes to like scary movies and stuff. That's the truth. Maybe it's just like the anxiety level in your life would be off the charts if you did believe all those things. I would be so hyper vigilant. Like I would never sleep. I see. Now it's more like I see it now. It's like a defense mechanism. Absolutely. Like choosing not to believe (laughs) is protecting yourself from just being completely scared. From probably dying from sleep deprivation. (laughs) That's what would happen. Oh, Megan, I love you. I would have to. (laughs) (laughs) Your poor brain. It's it's just in in a constant state of anxiety. It's just always on fire. Always. Oh, you know what? I, I love you for it. It's all good. It's good times. We all have our mental health things that we work on. Yeah, that's why I have to sleep like 12 hours a night. Right. <laughs> so that, oh, so that I can... talk about uh, something today in so science can, about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, sleeping? Yeah. Oh, yes. I dig it. Well, I have a couple of things to talk about because we don't have any corrections or anything. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point. So we're going to... And let me just... Should we just say it that we kind of recorded a little bit ahead? So... Yeah, we should say that right now, as you're listening, we're actually three weeks ahead. Well, and only because um it's your son's birthday next weekend yes. and we want to go party down at somewhere some kid place where we where can't party open, down <laughs> where it's open and our kids will party down they can be socially distanced and safe but still run around like maniacs like maniacs have fun yeah yeah so we want to so we're not recording next weekend so this is a little bit in advance but as far as we know there are no corrections or, or giant events that have happened. <laughs> but I can tell you that this episode is beginning of May. Mm-hmm. And I have some cool information. Did you know, Megan, and the mm-hmm. world, because everybody in the world is listening right now, yes. that the month of May is International Respect for Chickens Month? Oh, no. <laughs> did, you, oh. did you know that? Did you have I, it on your calendar? I did not. I feel like I should have. So being your friend, I feel like a bad friend right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> so let me just say, I think people always associate me with sea turtles because I worked with sea turtles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a lot a lot of years and I kind of that's my thing and I yeah. I, I love them. Prior to the sea turtle thing, I always had a real thing for birds, especially parrots, and right. I I always wanted to go and study parrots. So I really love the avian species and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And then so, during this pandemic, my husband brought home, I think we brought it up in another episode that he yeah. brought these chicks. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with these chickens? Because on Guam, there's just chickens running amok everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. So you just constantly have these kind of like boonie wild chickens running around. They're in our yard. They're like all over the place. They're everywhere in the parking on the lot, island. In the parking lot at work harassing They're- colleagues of ours. <laughs> hey, look. They're, oh, they're just living their best life in that parking lot. They are. I think somebody feeds them. And somebody somebody just, has to feed them. When, when you get out of your car, it's like all of a sudden 10 and chickens, like, like roosters. And they are like little mini T-Rexes, like chasing people yeah. around. Yeah. So yeah, I got chickens last year. Now they're mm-hmm. a year old. And I'm going to tell you, Megan knows. Yeah. I, lo- I love my chickens. Chicken time is a certain time during the day where mm-hmm. you just cannot disturb Jen. If she calls you during chicken time, that's okay. But if you call her during chicken time, it's Chances like, are. listen, I am doing chicken time right now either yeah. she doesn't answer or she's like it's, i gotta I gotta. it's go also to a time. time that i put on my headphones and i listen to podcasts mm-hmm. 
you know, and I hang around with my chickens because I go up there and, you know, later in the day when it's kind of getting cool, the sun's, you know, kind of going down a little because it's hot here. Yeah. And I'll take my chickens out and I'll put them in some part of the yard where they can like pick around and stretch their little chicken legs and, you know, and I give them little <laughs> treats and things <laughs> and I'll clean their cage and collect the eggs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's chicken time. Yeah. Megan's been there for chicken I've time. I've been there for chicken time. Anybody's welcome to join me in chicken time. You can mm-hmm. bring up a glass of wine, some tea, whatever, whatever. Come up, hang All out. things. Let's do chicken time. I will also say that I never really knew that chickens had such diverse personalities, but of Jen's five chickens, there's like one that I just absolutely cannot pick up that I picked up by accident that one time. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, you were like, oh, she flapping <laughs> around. Like, Jen, oh my god, what's going and on? And then I have the narcoleptic chicken. I love your narcoleptic chicken. Yeah, that she just as soon as you pick her up, she closes her eyes and just goes to sleep. She's super chill. <laughs> some interesting facts about some fun facts, if you will, about nice. chickens, because you know I don't think a lot of people know this. They were domesticated eight thousand years ago. Whoa. They evolved from the red jungle fowl who lived in the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) And they also, um, they're living descendants of Tyrannosaurus rex. So amazing. I know. Tiny T-Rexes. They're little tiny T-Rexes, but very sweet. I don't imagine T-Rexes were that sweet. Probably not. I mean. Maybe they were. Maybe to their offspring or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not much of a dinosaur person. Mm. I kind of zoned out on that stuff in school. If you can't survive a simple comet hitting the earth, I mean, <laughs> do we really need to know about you? <laughs> I mean, because we're our own comet. Yeah. I mean, we're, everything's trying to survive us right now. <laughs> we're like self-destructing. The yes. Yeah. yeah. Little by little, just chipping away. <laughs> so like humans, and this is really cool. I don't think you know this, Megan. Mm. I don't think most people know this. They have full color vision. No way. Yeah. And they're able to perceive red, green, blue light. But what makes them different from us is they can also see violet and ultraviolet light. Shut the front door. Seriously. That's cool. They're super intelligent. They have self-awareness and they can distinguish themselves from others. And they also can know which foods are good to eat. They're very social. Another thing is they can recognize over 100 individuals, even after being separated for extended periods of time. Oh my God. So they have like long-term memory. I know that every time you walk up the hill to your chicken coop, they're like, <laughs> oh, they know. They get super yeah. excited. And w- one time I was calling, talking to you the other day, but they got out. Yeah. So one of their little doors <laughs> came open and in their coop. And so what was crazy is I was sitting down at the bottom of our hill talking to Megan and the, one of my chickens must have heard me. And it's the one that doesn't like to be held. Yeah. But she came all the way up to me and was like, <laughs> like looked over. I was like, holy crap. It's just cute. They also have over 30 unique vocalizations that they use to communicate. It can be anything from mating calls, stress uh, signals, warnings of danger, or just like, hey, mama, there hey, you are. Up? What's yeah. going on? What did they you, do to me? Did you bring the corn today? Are we having corn today? I thought it's corn day. I love how your dog, Kenai, likes to eat the chicken food. All my dogs love the chicken food. And they also love corn. He's like trying to be a chicken. They would eat chicken food before they ate their own food any day. So chickens will only lay eggs after receiving a light cue, meaning that it's either like natural or artificial light. When they see the light, it triggers an egg cell from the chicken's ovary. That's why most eggs are laid during the morning hours. Oh. But mine will lay all day because there's five of them. So it could go 
from morning to, so sometimes it will be as late as 5 p.m. that they'll lay an egg. That's your narcoleptic chicken. <laughs> Probably. She's just like But they also out. kind of like have a cycle. So it'll be like maybe an hour later every day for each one of them. So they kind of range. And some days maybe they won't lay, but it'll maybe be early in the morning the next day. And they also like eggs are all different colors. So different chickens, they can be blue eggs or green mm-hmm. eggs, white, you know, white eggs come from a white chicken. Mine lay various shades of brown eggs. Yeah. But it, you look at the color of their ear and that's how you know. <gasps> what? I know. That's so cool. kind of cool. So anyway, there's my cool chicken facts. Be nice to a chicken and get some chickens if you want to. This kind of fits for chickens and all animals is that from May 2nd to May 8th, the first full week of May is the Be Kind Animals Week. Oh, that's very nice. So just be kind to all the animals out there. And you should do it every day. International respect for chickens. Done. Right. <laughs> On my calendar. I'm like, look, girls, I respect you. I respect you so much. There's another thing I wanted to bring up about which is super sciencey and amazing and i've been waiting to tell you (laughs) i'm so excited to tell you about this because i think you're gonna super excited and so this is not my find i was actually Mm -hmm. listening to my favorite murder and they were talking about it but this this is one of their newest newer episodes so probably there's some we may have some listeners if you listen to them you already heard this so this is no news to you and i immediately like turned them off and turned on this podcast called the huberman lab it's um h-u-b-e-r-m-a-n lab okay so he discusses neuroscience and how our brain and its connections with the organs of our body controls our perceptions i'm reading this from his site yeah behaviors and our health so he is a professor of neurobiology and ophthalmology at stanford school of medicine they study neuroregeneration neuroplasticity of our and brain states such as stress focus fear and optimal performance and he's really great to listen to. So I went back and I listened to this episode that was talking about sleep. Oh no! So the one so he has like a series. So his first episode actually kind of I need to go back and listen to that one. But I kind of skipped over it because I wanted to listen to this one called understanding and using dreams to learn and forget. Oh no. Only because I thought of you because you have (laughs) crazy dreams. I do. So he actually has four that talk about sleep. So his episode two through episode five So I listened to episode five and then I went back to start at the beginning and it's talking about your sleep and being more alert when you're awake, using science to optimize sleep, learning and metabolism and temperature minimum. So Mm. it's all about sleep. It's all science-based and it's super interesting. And episode five, the most interesting thing, this is what I want to tell you. Okay. The most interesting thing that he even found through all these studies Mm -hmm. is that, you know how we always think like I need more sleep like everybody in this planet we're all like I'm not getting enough sleep I only have five or six hours or maybe seven you know but I Mm. need to sleep eight hours a night right well well, yeah yeah a lot of people I mean you know you need 12 hours I know I need 12 hours right so just kidding optimal 18 (laughs) (laughs) but you know so he talks about people are stressing out about they're getting like sleep anxiety over feeling Mm. like they're never getting enough sleep which I'm one of those people I'm always like I don't get enough sleep I only get six hours or I because I was up late working on this and then got up early and so forth what he said is that it is more important and these are based on studies that they did on some college students to see how Mm -hmm. they performed on tests and stuff it's like it's more important to get the same amount of sleep consistently every single night than it is to try to like catch up 
Right. Which I always try to do. I'm like, okay, today I need to sleep nine hours. And my watch, my sleep app will be like, you need to sleep 16 hours and 11 minutes in order to catch up. (laughs) And I'm like, it's never going to happen. And so what he said is that if you sleep 10 hours this night and Mm -hmm. seven hours this night and then nine and five, you know, it's like all over the place. Yeah. It's going to mess you up. Even if you can only get six to six and a half hours of sleep, do it the same every night consistently consistently and your body will adjust and you'll actually be fine i've always been a consistent sleeper Mm -hmm. only sometimes uh there's like cycles in the month you know like lady time Mm -hmm. where like i'll lose some sleep and i know that that week i feel really weird it's really interesting right so it's like uh, yeah you consistently get only like five hours of sleep (laughs) i think lately it's like six to six and a half and i've been kind of okay with it and i think it's because it's the same i mean i've always been impressed with your stamina throughout the day like all the things that you do, I'm like, I couldn't do that with the small amount of sleep that you have. But it's because, yeah, you're very consistent. I am pretty consistent. But I do, I notice that on the weekends when I try to sleep more, mm-hmm. then I do feel like kind of like not out of it, a little out of it. And he said, you know, naps, it's a choice, right? Yeah. Whatever you want to do. But if you do nap, it's better to keep it under an hour. And he talks about yeah, kind of like all those, you know, your cycles. And so the one I'm listening to, the when you go back to episode two, it talks a lot about light and how you're getting your body's rhythms and how you need to see like light first thing in the morning. Anyway, go listen to it. Yeah. I mean, I we're not like... I have no connection to this podcast <laughs> at all. It's I just very interesting. It's just so interesting. And it's science. That's Yay, super science. cool. I, yeah, you know, it's so cool. I haven't used an alarm clock in, I don't know, like 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been, I just go to sleep when it gets dark. <laughs> She does. Which, I mean, in the tropics, that's kind of early. Jen's always, I wake up in the morning and I see a message from her and it's always like, are you awake? And it was, (laughs) it was from like 930 the night before. And I'm like, no, I was definitely sleeping. Um, I wish I was. I don't know. I just, there's just so many things to do. I can't stop. My body doesn't stop moving. When, when my son goes to sleep, it's like, all right, it's bedtime. Like my body just shuts down. I mean, I think that we all have to do what works best for us. Yeah. You know, he talks about people on their phones and how these certain mm-hmm. lights like affect you, especially, you know, they say you shouldn't be on your phone at all between 11 p.m. and I don't know, it's like some early morning, 4 or 5 a.m. Yeah. I mean, because it'll mess up your whole sleep cycle. He ha- Since he's a doctor, he has a lot of people asking him, mm-hmm. what can I take for this or that? And he says, well, how are you sleeping? And usually they can't fall asleep or they don't, they fall asleep, but they can't stay asleep. Right. There's a lot of people that have like sleeping issues. I'm not one of those. I lay down and go to sleep and I'm out and I wake up when my alarm goes off. There was a period of time when I was a teenager and it mm-hmm. must have been puberty or something. Oh, teenagers um, are God. just a whole different thing. I had, it was the worst. I would be awake all night long and mm. I, could, I couldn't I um, could function. I remember being in class and I would wear, it was, you know, it was Georgia, but it was still cold in the winter. Mm-hmm. And I would have, I had this giant blue kind of furry coat my mom had got me. I think back and I'm like, geez, why did she buy me that ugly ass coat? Anyway, and I, I probably asked for it and I would wear it in class. I remember sitting in the back of like US history and just passing, and just out. passing out. Yeah. And a teacher being like, are you okay? And me being like, I'm fine. I feel like a lot of teenagers have 
either sleep they, issues. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't, teenagers need more sleep. When we were in Hawaii, I was thinking about middle school for my son. And there's this one particular middle school there called Seeks. I forget what it stands for, but it's kind of like this environmental education middle school. Like, oh, that's it's pretty cool. super cool. Yeah. And they actually were talking about starting their day later because the kids that are going to school are starting puberty. Mm-hmm. They need more sleep. And waking up yeah. early in the morning is very difficult for teenagers, preteens, all yep. that. So. I remember that discussion happening, mm-hmm. especially here in on, on Guam. I would see kids walking to the bus stop because I would always go work out real early mm-hmm. sometimes. And it's still dark. It doesn't, the sun doesn't come up till 6, 630. Yeah. I would see kids walking in the dark to their bus stop. And I'm like, that just, That's horrible. That just seems wrong on yeah. so many levels. I used to get to high school right when sunrise was happening because I would take uh, early period, mm-hmm. whatever that I forget what it was called. Anyway, it was only for people who were who had like jobs, but somehow I finagled my way into it. Yeah, I remember those. So you could get, you could do an earlier class and you mm-hmm. could get out earlier in the day. Yeah, except that I didn't get out earlier. I was a super nerd. Oh, you wanted more, and I took more classes. I was the opposite of you. <laughs> I've got. I just skipped class a lot. I was like, I really want to be in school all day. I was like, here, my mom just wrote me this note, but I really wrote it. <laughs> I skipped school one time, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a senior skip day or something. And I was with my friend, Rebecca, and she we were leaving the parking lot, and she was like, didn't care about any of the rules. Like, she was like, whatever, you know, fuck authority. Like, yeah. That kind of, and we were walking out of the parking lot, and I was like sweating. I know. I'm <laughs> I was, just imagining you. I was like, oh, my God. And it was the time that they had just started using cops at the school. Like there was a like a resource officer mm-hmm. and he had a little golf cart and he would drive around. And I, I saw him behind us on the thing. But it was like, I guess I was such a good student that he, he didn't know who I was. So he figured that we were like, fine. We and I would have been that student that was like, they all knew because like, they, Jen. they like <laughs> bum cigarettes for me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I feel like you and I probably wouldn't have been friends when I was in Maybe not. High school because or, I was a really naughty kid. Or you would have been like my naughty friend. Yeah. I had I had a couple of naughty friends <laughs> that my mom would be like, you, you shouldn't cannot, hang out with them. You cannot you know. stay the night at their house. That girl. <laughs> yeah. I have not met her parents. Do they even exist? <laughs> yeah. But you would have been my friend that was good that I used as my reason. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm going to Megan's. And your mom would be like, oh my God, I love Megan. That's so great. Yeah, She's, go. Definitely. And I would not be at your house. Yeah. And then you would tell me and I'd be like, no problem. I got I'll you covered. You. It's fine. <laughs> but I'll be home because I got to go to bed at 830. That was fun. I know you're going to love that podcast. So go listen to it. I was waiting to tell you. Oh, I love because I was like, I am not going to tell her because then she's going to listen to it. And she won't be surprised when I tell her. I'm definitely going to listen to it now. That's I love stuff like that. Well, and you know, I have crazy dreams. And I'm always like trying to figure out what they mean. And it's funny, I'll tell you my dreams. And you always know what they're about. You're like, Oh, that's because you said this thing the other day and this and this. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, it's usually just something. It's just your brain working things out. I don't remember any of my dreams because probably because I don't get enough sleep. But I guess I do. I don't know. Cool. Well, today, Jen, mm-hmm. I'm going to be telling uh, our wonderful listeners and you a little story about something that happened in Big Sur, California. Have, Hence, you, ever, have you ever been there, the Big Sur? I feel like I have been there, but it's that, I've kind of been all over California. Yeah, it's that real scenic area. It has a lot of cliffs, a coastline, yeah, some yeah, redwoods. Yeah. I've sure driven, driven through there. Yeah. yeah. Hence why I started the podcast with National Park Nerds. That's right. Because she told me it's about National Park. Yeah, because it's part of a national park. Yeah. 
I'm just going to start out with some general information about Big Sur, and then I'm going to just jack up this Spanish name. Jen heard me trying to say it earlier. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Yes. All right. So the original Spanish language name for the mountainous terrain, it's mountainous. Uh, it's south of Monterey, and the name was El Paz. Nope. El Paz Grande del Sur. Ooh, I like how you rolled it there. That's right. I took Spanish, but I could never roll the R's. Yeah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. So it was just just a big fail. Um, So that actually means the big country of the South. Nice. In 1834, it was used, uh, the term El Sud uh, was used, also meaning the South, was used in the Rancho El Sur land grant. So I guess there was a land grant. Okay. Well, they all start somewhere. Right. In 1915, English-speaking settlers formally adopted Big Sur as the name for their post office. So then now it's just called Big Sur. I'm going to say it Okay, yes, I have been there in the central part of California. It is a rugged and mountainous section of the central coast of California between Carmel Highlands and San Simeon. Do you know that's? I hope I'm saying that right. Where the Santa Lucia Mountains rise abruptly before the Pacific Ocean. Well, I mean, it's just around in that area. Yeah, that between San Francisco and Los Angeles. And I've driven that plenty Highway of one. times. Yes. Got it. It's beautiful. Yes, actually... It has very dramatic scenery. It does. Uh, It has been called the, quote, longest and most scenic stretch of undeveloped coastline in the contiguous United States, a sublime national treasure that demands extraordinary procedures to protect it from development. Okay. And, quote, one of the most beautiful coastlines anywhere in the world, an isolated stretch of road, mythic, and reputation. Well, that's that's a lot of nice things to say. A lot of nice things to say. And it is beautiful. I've driven it. About 7 million people visit this area uh, yearly. It is among the top 35 tourist destinations worldwide. Oh, nice. I, th- I feel like it's been in like every California movie. They're like in their convertible. Yeah, with the hair and the scarf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smiling yeah. and music. Laughing. And there's like <laughs> the like the montage yeah. of the movie where there's like scenes from that. And yeah, they're traveling. Yes. They're living their life. The traveling montage. Good times. This region receives about the same number of visitors as Yosemite National Park, but offers only limited buff service a few restrooms, and a narrow two-lane highway that for most of its length clings to the steep coastal cliffs. Limited buff service? Oh, did I say buff? Bus. <laughs> bus service. Okay. It's like, well, what's that? Buffing. Only certain people can There's get their cars There's not buffed. a lot of buffets. Okay. <laughs> uh, northbound traffic during the peak summer season and holiday weekends is often backed up for about 20 miles. This kind of reminds me of North Shore on Oahu. It's like everyone, North Shore is beautiful. You want to go. You want to see the surfers. You want to see the surf. You want to go to the beaches. There's turtle beaches there, all that crap. Yeah, But there. it's like you got to sit in your car for two hours because it's a two-lane road. It's real mm-hmm. difficult to access. Yeah. So I've been in that traffic in Hawaii, but I... But I haven't ever seen that kind of traffic in that area. Well, I guess I guess it's like a maybe I was there at the wrong thing. time. Yeah. yeah, looks like it's a summer summer deal. So Big Sur does not have any specific boundaries, but generally it's considered to include a seventy-one mile or one hundred and fourteen kilometer segment of California State Route One. To give you an idea, Malpaso Creek near Carmel Highlands is to the north. San Carpoforo. Oh my god! Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, this is what happens when you grow up in Georgia. Um, <laughs> Car Porforo Creek near San Simeon in the south and the entire San Lucia range between these creeks. For all of our listeners. We're sorry. I'll just include a map. <laughs> <laughs> and then the interior region of Big Sur is mostly uninhabited. The coast has a sparse population of about 1,800 to 2,000 year-round residents. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And the Carmel San Simeon Highway, now called part of that state highway one, route one, uh, it was completed in 1937. And before that time, you couldn't get to it. It was like inaccessible. Oh. Um, Highway 1 is more than 650 miles, making it the longest highway in California. It is a major thoroughfare, like I said, from Los Angeles to San Francisco. It has been closed more than 55 times because of landslides. Oh, wow. It's very common to have landslides. Every time it rains, Mm -hmm. just cliffs cover the highway and they got to close it and repair everything. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. It's been so long since I lived in California. I lived there for four or five years in um, like San Jose and then in LA. Yeah, I used to drive through there because the kind of work I, I did environmental consulting and I used to drive around a lot, but it's been so long. That was a long time ago. Right. It was before Peace Corps. I'm like, it was only five years ago, Jen. <laughs> I know. It doesn't seem like that long ago. It was not. It is like it's a it's a long ago. time and i <laughs> and i hardly have been back since so sorry if i i forgot a lot of this stuff uh recently there was an article by jim fulcher on travelawaits.com from april 13th of this year not that long ago mm-hmm. what happened was january 28th there was a like really heavy rain it triggered a landslide carried part of the cliff and a section of the highway into the ocean and then a 150 foot section of the highway was washed out closing the highway so they had actually planned to finish the repairs by summer i guess they were saying they were expecting a lot of rain um, but it was has been really dry this year and so they're super ahead of schedule and they um, reopened the highway april 30th let me just say something. Uh-huh. Are we talking about landslides in this episode? Or is that just like a side That's fact? That's just a side fact. That's just a fun side fact. Because I feel like with your new Stevie Nicks do, <laughs> it's kind of fitting. <laughs> so <laughs> Jenna's referring to, I recently got a shag haircut. Well, she anyway. She a shag and I have bangs now. And she pretty much can pull off the Robert Plant of the 80s. Oh, 100%. It's pretty cool i basically am robert plant now <laughs> but yeah she had said like you sound or you look like stevie nicks You're giving me stevie nicks vibes yeah i'm getting some stevie nicks vibes you just need like a lot of fringe and flowy things and a friggin' giant scarf and something to make you kind of glow glowy glowy shimmery lights lighting yeah. Okay, I love it. That was great. Um, But no, we're not going to talk about landslides. It's just like a side fact. I mean, it's just really dangerous. It's a dangerous area. When you're driving along some of those areas, Mm -hmm. you'll see, you know, falling rocks or falling debris kind of signs everywhere. Well, and, and you just go super fast. Yeah. That's definitely the best way to be safe. Yeah, it's like it's this kind of really sparsely inhabited place. Mm -hmm. It's like cliffs. Cliffs freak me out. Yeah. I mean, I don't like heights. Don't yeah. go to Big Sur. <laughs> I mean, but it's so beautiful, Jen. All right. So their future plans for this area. So they're going to, once they've finished, they're going to be installing a 10-foot diameter culvert and drainage system to remove the water during storms, trying to make the highway more resilient. They're but just now doing that? I know, right? I'm like, 55 landslides? I mean, like at this point, you should figure that shit out. I feel like they should have. Yeah. And I'm not like a huge fan of the idea of like diverting water flow. I think about Florida and how just jacked up Florida has become because On which of level? diverting. I mean, <laughs> so many levels. Yeah. It's a bad idea. Anyway, it's a bad idea to have built that road in the first place. Where it's at. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's there. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Just so people can take really scenic Instagram photos. Which, uh-huh. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do that. I would. And then you'd run away. With my bangs. I'd be like, <laughs> do a little, little dance. You're like with really floofed out. Yeah. So. 
<clears throat> anyway, so and then when the culvert is done, they're going to install new guardra- guardrails. Okay. So there's that. This area of Big Sur is protected by a local coastal plan, which preserves it as, quote, open space, a small residential community, and agricultural ranching. So this plan was enacted in, 18, in, 18, in 1986, and it is the most restrictive local use program in the state, and actually it is considered one of the most restrictive documents of its kind anywhere. It's so like people really want to protect this area. They don't want mm-hmm. development, whatever. So whatever residents live there, I'm sure they have a lot of money. That's the only right. thing I can think of. It's probably not people who grew up in that. I don't think it's generations of people. I didn't really look too much into that, but I'm assuming California coastline. You got to have some bucks. You got to right have there. some monies. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's that restrictive, maybe that what that's why it was so hard to build anything along mm-hmm. the road there. Yeah. They have protections for view sheds from the highway and many vantage points, and it severely restricts the density of development. 60% of the coastal region is owned by governmental or private agencies, which do not allow any development. So that's kind of cool. It's like national park stuff, but then also yeah. some, some, I guess, NGOs. that Some protection there. Protects, yeah, protect that. The majority of the interior region is part of the Los, Los Padres National Forest, Ventana Wilderness, Silver Peak Wilderness, or Fort Hunter Liggett. What the hell's that? I don't know what any of those things are. I didn't look them up. Oh my God. Because I'm a jerk. I apologize. That's Big Sur. And like I said, lots of people like to drive it. It's a very uh, popular route. And we're going to talk about one lady who was driving it one day in 2018. And her name is Angela Hernandez. And she is a 23-year-old woman from Oregon. What's up? No, I'm just wondering if she got caught in a in a landslide. <laughs> and then it makes me... Not that I'm thinking of Stevie Nicks, but it's making me think of Superman when Lois Lane falls in the crack because there's like they're causing all the earthquake. Yeah. And she like falls in her car falls in like a crack in the earth and Uh all the soil falls in on her. And then Superman's like, no, and he flies (laughs) and he makes the the earth spin backwards. Oh, yeah. It always freaked me out, like the dirt falling in on her in her car. Yeah. yeah, Like as a kid, I was like, oh, God. Anyway, sorry. Side note. Yeah, no, no, no. My no. brain just went there. No Superman. landslide. Okay. <laughs> but she does slide on the land. Okay. Where are we going with this, Megan? <laughs> oh I'm, I'm intrigued. So I got most of this information from Washington Post, uh, KSBW article, and the San Luis Obispo.com local news article. All right. Which I'll share those links. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Share those links with you guys. All right. So Angela Hernandez is a 23-year-old woman from Portland, Oregon. And she is driving this beautiful Highway 1 south to go see her sister in Southern California. Her sister's name is Isabella. And she has a 2011 Jeep Cherokee. She bought it from CarMax, if anyone knows about CarMax. You ever heard of CarMax, Jen? Yeah, but why are we talking about CarMax? (laughs) Listen, well, I just thought it was kind of fun because let me tell you a little side note story. Oh, God. Is this about your mom (laughs) selling cars for CarMax? Yes. So, So, well, I mean, it's like a weird story. Because I used to work at National Tire and Battery. Jen knows. I've got like a really weird job history. And I used to work for this guy named Buddy. He was like one of the greatest bosses I've ever had. Then I went to Peace Corps. And then my mom, she ended up working at CarMax for this short period of time. Anyway, Buddy was there. And he worked with my mom. And I just thought that was the craziest thing. I just think it's crazy. Does like CarMax have anything to do with this? The story that no, no. she bought it just from that CarMax. she bought this jeep from carmax it was in the story though well i mean it's in the photos oh that's interesting yeah the before photos i just love that that was like really exciting for you it was <laughs> i was really excited to be like oh i know about carmax i anyway. think a lot of people use sure, anyway sure <laughs> that was just a fun side note all right so it's a beautiful day july 6th 
2018 and Angela's in her car. I imagine she's listening to music. Originally, I thought maybe her windows might be down, like hair flowing in the wind. Nice. Uh, but we'll find out later that her windows were up. Uh-oh. So all of a sudden, you know, she's driving along. It's the daytime. She sees a small animal on the highway. I don't know if it darts out or what, but she swerves to miss it because she's a caring person. She loves animals like we we're talking about. And be kind to animals. Yeah, be kind to animals. And I would 100% swerve. Yeah. So she swerves in this very small two-lane highway, and she ends up veering so far that I guess there's no guardrails. Uh, she goes down a cliff that's over 250 feet. Oh, my God. Yeah. And her white Jeep Cherokee crashes into the rocks below. 250 feet. How many stories 25 stories. Yeah. It's many stories. That's real far. That's real Did it far. Just, was it just a ball, like an explosion? No explosion. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing it's not, or that'd be the end of your story. You're like, right? and she blew up, and that was <laughs> And it. that's the end of the story. That's why it's short this week. <laughs> um, so it smashes into the rocky coastline. She, thankfully, doesn't remember the fall. The first thing she remembers is waking up. She's trapped in her SUV in the Pacific Ocean, because remember, it's a cliff line uh-huh. just straight into the ocean. Oh, she went into the ocean? Yeah. Like, there's water. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. But I guess it's shallow enough that she's not covered in it. So she flies off the cliff, 250 feet. She doesn't mm-hmm. hit the rocks below. She just goes straight to oh, the no, no, ocean. No. She hits the rocks, but it's like on the coastline. So it's like the, I don't know if it's high tide or low tide or what. Oh, and by the time she comes around, like yeah. she's, or the tide has come up. The tide has come up and, and it's up to like her knees in the car. Oh my God. Yeah. That's scary. Um, in the fall, uh, she had hit her head. She fractured her ribs. She breaks her collarbone and one lo- one of her lungs collapses. She wakes up. She's in her car, trapped there. Water's up to her knees. She touches her head and she sees blood and she knows mm-hmm. she's hurt. Right. Um, but she's got to get out because water's coming in. And actually later she makes this very long Facebook post about mm-hmm. it. So I'm going to put in some of the thing her own words. Okay. Spoiler alert. This is a survivor story. (laughs) (laughs) And she survives. So she writes, I was still in my car and I could feel water rising over my knees. My head hurt. And when I touched it, I found blood on my hands. She said her windows were rolled up and the power was out. I took off my seatbelt and I found a multi-tool I kept near my front seat. She wrote in the post. I started hitting the driver's side window with it. Every bone in my body hurt. Wow. She's a freaking fighter. 250 foot drop. She's like definitely having some kind of brain issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, severe concussion. Well, did her airbag go off? I don't know. It doesn't show any. <laughs> would it matter at that point? Well, I mean, yeah. Just bouncing your head. I mean, at yeah. least that would help you from some yeah. sort of impact. Something. From yeah. hitting the steering wheel. I don't know. She's So she's hitting the window with this multi-tool, which good on her for having a multi-tool in her car. I know, right? Everyone I'm trying to think of what I have right in my car that I could break a window with. Oh, no, well, I do have belt. something. Oh, you can use your seatbelt. Yeah, you can use your seatbelt. I've seen this thing. Oh, I'm trying to remember where I saw it. Anyway, I saw this this thing that was like, if you get trapped in a car in water, mm-hmm. how you can use your seatbelt to crack your window. Oh, okay. Everybody watch that. Yeah. I'll find the link for it. We'll put it in there. Actually, I have do have a thing. It's like a little um, metal Mm-hmm. thing you can put so you know when you close your door on the inside of the door panel there's that little latch basically that your door oh yeah locks mm-hmm. to or closes to mm-hmm. this is like a metal step like a footing you can clip onto that and step up so you can reach stuff on top of your car oh for us shorties because well I, <laughs> I put my canoe up there so anyway so and it has a it shows on the box it tells you it has like this thing in it that will bre- like break, break a window, window. yeah oh that's cool yeah so, Everyone needs to get something like that. So I'll just use that right you there. You never know. You never know. So she says the only thing 
that she could think of was that she had to get to her family. And she specifically was thinking about her sister, Isabel. And so as she's like hitting this thing and her body's in so much pain, she just starts screaming her sister's name. And then the window breaks. Hmm. Now, once the window is broken, she says she jumps into the water and swims to get to shore. So I guess it was like deep enough outside of the car that she's like swimming. Right. She gets to shore and she just passes out. Her body's like, fuck it. Like you're kind of safe. Just go to sleep. She gets to shore. That starts her her seven day survival story. So this is. Oh, my God. The zero hour. (laughs) Wow. When she wakes up, uh, she doesn't know how long it's been, but it's still daylight outside. Now, at this point, Angela's sister, Isabella, has alerted the authorities since she hasn't heard from Angela. uh, And that's super unusual. Like, she had gotten a text from her. And then however many hours later, she was expecting her to show up. And she Uh didn't. And she hasn't heard from her. And so she's super worried. And thank God the cops are like, okay, let's start looking. And this is 2018. 2018. So your phone, like, you're you're constantly in contact. Constantly in contact. It's not like a long time ago where... It's like you got to go rest stop to rest stop. And yeah. maybe you got a flat tire or yep, whatever. And check in. So, yeah. wow. The Monterey County Sheriff's Office uh, actually sees her on surveillance on July 6th, driving the Jeep down Highway 1 in the Big Sur area. So they know that she's kind of in this area. But remember, it's like 71 miles mm-hmm. within Big Sur where she could be from wherever they right. saw her to wherever she might It's a long stretch. It's a long stretch of road mm-hmm. and giant cliffs. On top of that, there was a heavy fog. That oh, was happening. perfect. That's just like, yeah. Yeah. Great. Rescue operations are going to go super well. So mm-hmm. they were having a real hard time. Angela had woken up. She sees that it's daylight. She looks down at her feet and she doesn't have any shoes on. <laughs> she lost her shoes That's again. Bummer. I feel like this is such a survival story thing, though. I feel yeah. like every survival story we've talked about so far, everyone loses their shoes. Yeah. At least one of the shoes. A shoe or both shoes. Mm-hmm. But she's got, I think she had one sock on or both socks. I'm not sure. But she right. had, some, she had uh, at least one sock on. So there's that, I guess. Makes you really want to think about your choice of shoes. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a black hoodie and black jeans. So she's got a little nice. bit of long sleeve going on. I'm into it. She remembers that inside her car is a gallon of fresh water. And she tries to get back to her car, which is kind of close, uh, but she doesn't make it there. Mm-hmm. And she has to kind of like turn around, go back. So there's that. She never, sadly, she never gets that gallon of fresh water. She was kind of prepared. Dude, for real. I don't even have a gallon. Well, of I feel like I usually go with a bunch of water. But if I were mm-hmm. driving far, I think I would have some water. Because you don't want to just, I mean, especially that I don't want to buy water. Right. Because plastic bottles. Exactly. Well, and you have you have that like wash station in the back of your car that that wash thing like where you can rinse off after you go swimming or canoeing or whatever. Oh yeah, no, I did. Oh, I don't know how you know about that. I used it once. The one with the sprayer. Yeah, with the sprayer. It worked for like two months and then it broke. Oh no. Yeah, it doesn't work like ever. That makes it's me such sad. a bummer. I know. Anyway, you should write to that company. I think I I looked it up online and I saw a lot of people complaining about the same thing. But it was it was nice while it lasted. All right. So she spends the next three days or so walking the shore, uh, but trying to walk on the rocks that are above the sand because the sand is real sharp. Mm-hmm. On the rocks, though, it's like they get sun beaten, and so they're really hot. Yeah. And she ends up getting like pretty bad sunburn on her face, hands, and then the bottoms of her feet get real jacked up. She says, I found a high spot I was able to climb up to and found myself there almost every day. I could see cars driving across the cliff and felt like if I could just yell loud enough that one could hear me or see me. That's all it would take to make it back to my family. Just one person noticing me. I'd usually stay there until the sun became unbearable. And then I would find a way to slide myself back down to the shore. 
So she's at this weird angle where she can see the cars Mm -hmm. and she's like waving her hands around and screaming and no one can see her. She can't walk along the shoreline to a place where she could climb up. No, because it's still the whole, it's just a giant cliff. And I guess she couldn't walk far enough from her crash site. I'm not sure why she didn't continue to walk along because we'll talk about it later. Or there may have been areas that jutted out that she couldn't get around without like swimming out into the ocean. Right. And she's, like I had mentioned, has a broken collarbone. Did you mention that? Yeah, yeah. When she fell. Uh, She hit her head. uh, She broke a bunch of ribs, her collarbone. And uh, collapsed lung. Oh. So she's not doing very well. She's in like a lot of pain, Jen. <laughs> I feel like you didn't say all that. Yeah, I did. You did? You weren't listening. <laughs> What's going on? But how did I miss that? I missed the I collapsed know. lung. I said she 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 didn't remember the fall, but in the fall, these are all the things that happened. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> she realizes after like the third day, she's like getting super dehydrated. Like she needs to get water now. And, yeah. You know, she's just like by the ocean. That really sucks. There's water all over the place, but you can't drink it. So she actually goes out to her car like at low tide wades out there. Um, she can't find that gallon of fresh water. But mm-hmm. she's able to get a 10-inch hose from the radiator. She like opens up her thing. She just rips out this 10-inch hose from her radiator. And it fits inside. She says it fits inside her hoodie pocket really well. So she takes it with her. Okay. And she's walking along the beach again. And she hears dripping water. And she ends up finding this like area with a bunch of moss. And there's like water dripping down. And she licks it. And it's fresh water. And she's like, sweet. And so she uses the hose and just drinks water for like an hour. Like really slowly, Aww. just drip by drip. She she says, every day this became our ritual. I'd walk up and down the beach looking for new high ground, screaming help at the top of my lungs or lung because one's collapsed <clears throat> and collecting water falling from the top of the cliffs. Every night I'd find the highest point I could climb up to and find somewhere to fall asleep before the tide would rise. Every morning I'd wake up soaked in sea mist and watch the sunrise. That's oh kind of nice. The sunrise. I guess, but right? horrible. She has no food. She no has food. very little water. And she's just stuck there. She's in pain. A lot of pain. Sounds terrible. She says, it would be a lie to say that things got easier as, as the days passed. They never did. But they sure got predictable. Songs I hadn't heard in years would play on repeat inside of my head. I d- daydream of foods I'd get to eat once I was found and imagine the face of the person who would eventually find me. Aw, I know. That's all. That's the time when all those things that live rent free in your brain start popping up, right? Oh God! When you're like, <laughs> "Why is that song Caribbean Queen?" <laughs> like those kind of songs that you're yeah. like, "No." Just Everyone who's just repeat. listening to this is like, "Jen, <laughs> <laughs> I just did that to you." <laughs> I have kind of a funny story about that song, but. Uh... <laughs> My friend Kat, who I mentioned in the elephant episode, Uh she's really good at figuring out songs. Mm -hmm. Like you'll be like, hey, what's that song? And you'll sing like two notes of it. And they could be really bad. And she'll be like, oh, it's this. She could be on that game show. Yeah, she's really good. Whatever that game show is where they only play like a few notes and then guess the song. Yeah, no, she would rock it. And so we were at a friend, my friend Lucy's house, and we're all talking about it. And someone's like, yeah, you know that song? And I was like, well, just wait till Kat gets here. She'll she'll know it. And she comes in the door and we're like, Kat, oh my God, you tell us a song. And someone sings like not even two notes of it. And she's like, oh, Caribbean Queen. <laughs> and we were like, shut up. <laughs> I would know it. That's... Is that by Billy Ocean? Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst song to get stuck in your head. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 
So on the seventh day, so she's been doing this for like six days, just like wandering the same stretch of beach that she can physically wander on, screaming Mm. for help. She's like hallucinating stuff. She's like having very vivid dreams of being rescued just to wake up to still being laying on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That just sounds horrific. So yeah, on the seventh day... Um, She doesn't know it's her last day there. She wakes up and she's feeling good. Even though she woke up um, from this pain in her shoulder, um, she sees the Big Dipper in the sky. It's still kind of night. And she feels more peaceful. And part of me is like, okay, she could be feeling peaceful because she's probably going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or she could have some kind of premonition that she was going to be saved. (laughs) But we don't believe in things, Megan. Listen. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe her her spirit guides were trying to help her. That's possible. Who knows? You know? Um, her and- angels, if you will, <laughs> which are ancestors that watch us poop, by the way. So when the sun rises, she sees a woman on the beach. She thinks, is this a real person? And oh. she just screams, help, and runs to the woman, which if I were that woman, you're on this like deserted beach. You turn around and some like just broken, bruised person screaming help and running to you. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a little scary. It'd be a little scary. So it turns out she's real. Uh, there's this couple from Morro Bay, California, I assume, mm-hmm. Chad and Chelsea Moore, and they had been looking for a fishing spot on a more remote beach. They saw the Jeep first. They like go out to the Jeep and they, they don't see any like evidence of people in the mm-hmm. Jeep. Like mm-hmm. they were thinking that, oh, everyone who if, if this car crashed from up on the cliff, like from the road, everyone who was in this car is dead. They look at it. It's like the roof for is sure. torn off. Everything's just like jacked, yeah. you know. So they're looking for bodies. Yeah. They're, they're not like, we survivors. Should, yeah, yeah. We should look for bodies. They actually go a little further down the beach to look for bodies. Mm-hmm. They find some of the belongings of Angela's kind of strewn in this one area. So they collect them to bring them to the authorities because they're like, we got to go call the cops. Like, this is crazy. So how did they get there? They were at a campsite. Not far from where she was. I don't know if she just couldn't access it because of her injuries or what, but uh-huh. they had gone to some this like remote Big Sur campsite. It's like a registered campsite. Hmm. And they were just looking for some place with less people. <laughs> I mean, how many people are even down there with them? I don't know. Yeah. Um, where they could go fishing. And so they had come upon the Jeep that way. It's kind of random. They weren't planning on doing that that day. Weird. Yeah. So they don't see any kind of like, like I said, evidence of blood or anything, probably because it got washed away, I'm assuming. They collect that stuff. And on their way back, uh, they happen upon Angela. She's like hidden in the rocks where she was sleeping from the high tide, right? Uh Where she had gone up to sleep. Chad says, Angela was right there in the rocks. She looked like hell. (laughs) Just looked like hell. Uh, but she was happy at the same time she was happy to see us we asked her were you in the jeep and she said that was my jeep and at that point we just kind of like panicked chelsea says like oh my god you were in that car we just saw and you're alive so once they kind of realized what happened chelsea runs back to their camp to uh to call for help because i guess they don't have any phones with them whatever right Uh, chad stays with angela gives her fresh water Mm -hmm. i'm assuming maybe a cliff bar or something i'm hoping jesus like Give the girl a cliff bar. <laughs> she needs a cliff bar. The first responders uh, come in. They rope down. They treat her. Stick her in one of those things that people get rescued in. What are they called? A stretcher. Stretcher. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Put her in a stretcher. Drag her back up the hill, you know, by the rope and take her to the hospital. She gets treated for her injuries. <clears throat> she actually also had a brain hemorrhage. Oh, my gosh. That they discovered when she got to the hospital. So it's like she, she had 
a brain hemorrhage and then her blood vessels in her eyes had all popped so her eyes were all red and creepy Ooh, yeah. yeah um she said that she's grateful the couple found her on the beach quote i couldn't believe that they were even real I couldn't believe that we had finally found each other. So Aww. I just think about her imagining their faces. And I I wonder, like, did they look the way that she thought they were going to look? Right. And with her brain injury, mm-hmm. I just wonder, too, because probably she was wandering around kind of dazed. Aimlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. probably in a normal state, she may have figured out how to get to that campsite if they were able yeah. to get over there. But with that kind of brain injury she was probably just like made it worse for her. yeah mm-hmm. confused so chelsea moore told kion news that hernandez is here for a reason and we were there for a reason uh, she said i can't believe you're alive angela you're a hero that's unreal you made it yeah seriously yeah nobody would normally survive that kind of impact Right. Chad and Chelsea Moore received a California Emergency Medical Services Award for exceptional acts and service by individuals working or volunteering in California's emergency medical system. And I'm wondering, like, were they like emergency medical responders or they're just like it's like some kind of just award for being like there and c- helping for her? being a good citizen. Right. Award yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But that's kind of sweet. I yeah, it was nice. They're probably just like the local sheriff's department was like, you need to come up with some sort of award for gotta, these people. Just give make it award. up. <laughs> just make up something yeah that sounds cool yeah and i'm sure her sister was really happy oh yeah there's you know there's some videos i mean there's lots of news videos lots of news what you call it? Clips. articles clips thank you of her sister just like crying and thanking the monterey police department and all the first responders so i'm sure after a whole week she was like she's dead Oh, yeah. Well, and they had flyers everywhere in that area. Oh, my God. They probably thought like a serial killer got her. Right? Some kind of crazy thing. I mean, with all the true crime we listen to, that's where my brain would have gone (laughs) first. Yeah. Like someone was pretending to be stranded on the side of the road and she pulled over to help them with their tire. That's what always happens. Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't think that. I mean, you could think there would be an accident, but you think you would see a sign of an accident, Mm -hmm. you know, like something along the road that you would. But there was nothing. Like I said, I don't think there were guardrails there. I think she just went over the side of the cliff. Why would there not be guardrails? Also, why weren't they looking down the cliffs? Yeah, so I guess after a whole week, right? I They just the only thing that they said is like about the fog and that they weren't sure what had happened to her but it seems like if there are cars driving by it's accessible to everybody right like what yeah why not and there wouldn't be fog every day all day for a whole week yeah that seems unlikely yeah maybe in the early mornings or in the evenings or something and they show they show uh drone footage of her crash site Mm -hmm. and i mean i could see where if you were kind of driving along the top and looking down the car might look like rocks because it was a white jeep yeah it was all like crumpled up you know right it's possible that they just didn't look hard enough but it's like you're looking for a white car so maybe you i don't know right i don't know I, I'm, it's... I'm a little like wow that's search and rescue it's while 71 mile stretch is like pretty long uh-huh. it's also not that not long. crazy long and if you know that you're looking on the coast side which i'm assuming they kind of knew mm-hmm. like well I guess they just missed it. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they were looking mm-hmm. and they just didn't see it. Who knows? Someone needs to get a better prescription. Somebody needs to get out their binos. <laughs> so Angela says in her Facebook post, so I guess she did this maybe from the hospital. Her sister came. Actually, you, everyone should go and watch uh, the clip of her sister talk, you know, like just being so grateful to the police. So her, it looks like maybe her young son is standing next to her. Aww. 
And he's probably like nine to 11 years old. Right. It's like his mom is having this like real emotional breakdown on camera. And his <laughs> his face, I laughed out loud watching this kid because it's like, it's very touching. You know, she's right. so happy her sister is found and that she's like relatively okay. She's alive. Mm-hmm. But like the son is just kind of like his mouth is like a little bit agape. And he's kind of like looking at his mom. And then he's like looking at the camera. <laughs> And he's that like, this poor is kid. so embarrassing. He's like, oh my God. Why is she crying? Why is everyone freaking out about this? Like, just no concept. No concept. Poor kid. It was- he has 10-year-old boys. They- no. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> but yeah, is- Isabella shows up at the hospital. They're reunited. Everything is very happy. Mm-hmm. Angela makes this kind of long Facebook post explaining what happened. There's a lot of pictures of her injuries. I mean, she's banged up. Wow. Her eyes are all poofy. Are you going to send us pictures? Oh, absolutely. Are you po- post them? You know what's weird? is there's this one particular picture of Angela sitting on it looks like a towel and it's at the crash site she's just like she does she looks like hell okay and it's a picture of her and Chelsea and they're holding her license plate at first I thought oh they must have gone back and taken this picture no Mm -hmm. it's when they found her they took a picture of her like when Chelsea's like holding the license plate and they're like smiling I don't know and I was thinking like like when they found her? Yeah, it's it was kind of a weird picture. Weird. I mean, I'm not trying to judge them because they helped her and she survived. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think one of the first things I'd be doing is like, here, let's get Selfie. a candid. Yeah, like what? <laughs> what the fuck? That's the only thing about this story that I'm like, all right, was that necessary? Unless... Like, wait till she gets to the hospital. I Well, maybe she wanted it. Maybe. It's possible. Maybe she asked for that. She's like, can you guys take my picture? She's like, I survived this. Can we do this? Yeah. Because I'm not going to see my car again. Let's just, I make, don't know. let's just make that assumption. Yeah. She seemed also very happy about her car. There are a couple of pictures of her at the CarMax with a giant bow on it. And she's like very happy. <laughs> well, that's a sweet car. Yeah. It was brand new. Uh, no, no, no. 2011. But still, but Jeep still. Cherokee. Yeah. They're good. So I guess I have never had one, but yeah. I mean, I know people Me who like people them. like them. Yeah. They look cool. It's a thing. Yeah. I know all Jeep owners wave to each other. No, they do like the hang loose, right? Oh, do they? Or do they do like, what do they, do they have a I thing? I think they just wave to each other. Is it a wave or do they have like a special hand signal? Jeep thing. I feel like there's some sort of special handshake. You, I don't know. You know it once you join the club. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something though. Jen knows this. A lot of people, my friends from Hawaii know this. I drive a, an orange Subaru other people who drive an orange subaru you wave at me your, we, you we wave at each other. Wave. yeah this one girl came behind me one day and was like honking her horn and waving her hands over her head all crazy and i was like those are my people <laughs> <laughs> hello people of mine hello yes we have the same car i know sometimes i'll see her car pass and it's not her I'm like, there's but, only but like those five are people here. they are yeah. they probably know where i am yeah even though i don't know them <laughs> yeah all right She's in the hospital. She's writing this long Facebook post to let everyone know what happened to her. And she says, after she kind of explains all of the injuries that she had, uh, so the brain hemorrhage, the fracture, four ribs fractured. Um, she broke and fractured both collarbones. Ooh. She had one lung collapse, ruptured vessels, blood vessels in both eyes, and intense sunburns on her hands, uh, feet, and face. Wow. Yeah jacked up she says but at the end of the day none of that matters i feel like i have everything i've ever wanted i'm sitting here in the hospital laughing with my sister until she makes broken bones hurt i've met some of the most beautiful human beings that i think i'll ever meet in my entire life i've experienced something so unique and terrifying that i can't imagine there isn't a bigger purpose for me in this life wow she sounds like a really Mm -hmm. 
awesome person. Yeah. And like then, very positive and yeah. looking at the, the, the bright, bright side. side. Yeah. And then her last line is, I don't know, you guys. Life is incredible. Wow. So nice. I think that's, you know, a lot of survivors when they get that near death, like, you know, they get that second chance. Almost like euphoria. Yeah. 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 And it it can change the trajectory of your life. Absolutely. And maybe how you see things, maybe things mm-hmm. were looking a little grim. And then, you know, something like that can happen and really change yeah. people's outlook. But, but it sounds like she was probably a positive, upbeat person. person. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like we've talked about on other Survivor stories, she just seemed to have like a determination, mm. you know, like two broken collarbones. And she waded back out to that car and got that hose and tried to figure something out. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't just like lay there on the beach and like, woe is me. It, it's it's a mental strength that yeah. not everybody has. I thought that was an amazing story. And yeah, I do really like her positivity. How old was she? 23. Oh, yeah. She's mm-hmm. young. She's still young. It was only three years ago. Only so three she's years like 20, ago. She's still in her 20s. Yeah, I tried to find something about her. Like, what is she doing now? Uh, but the, the latest article, the most recent article is from 2019, where they just do like a uh, anniversary of this girl being found. It was a, cra- right. a crazy, incredible story of her falling 250 feet, surviving, mm-hmm. and then making it for seven days. So With no food. No food. She does talk about how like the there were like these little crabs everywhere, kind of like waving in the air at her. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that angry crab. Doing that angry crab side, wave. Yeah. yeah, side move. But yeah, no food, no fire. I don't think she ever made a fire. Yeah. Sounds like she was just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Waiting. And so good, good, good thing those people came along. For real. Well, that was an amazing story, Megan. Thanks. I never, I had never heard about that. And it's pretty mm-hmm. recent too. Yeah. It just goes to show that I don't keep up with the news nearly enough. I feel like I do now more than I did because I think because my kids are getting older and I have Mm -hmm. more time to read the news. But before I in 2018, I probably should have been been reading the news in 2018. I probably should have been too, but I missed that one completely. Yeah. Yeah, I had never heard of this and I don't know. I just liked it. Yeah. 250 feet. Jesus. I just keep in my brain. I'm like, God, that's... I mean, because I think it, what is it like? That's like a whole, I mean, earlier we were talking about people driving with the convertible and the Mm -hmm. flowy um, scarves and stuff. And it made me think of Thelma and Louise. And that's like a Thelma and Louise move right there. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. For sure. But they definitely died. They blew up. Because it's a movie. Yeah. It's interesting that her, that her car didn't. I mean, I guess, I, I guess. In movies, blowing up the car is actually uh, more of a dramatic well, thing. Well, it like, sounds it like it really just happen. sailed in the air and then it hit and it rolled in. Into. And it was just that impact knocked her out. Right. And it might have, but it hit all the way down and rolled into the water a bit. Mm-hmm. And then she was she was just stuck in the tide, basically. Yeah. And and the cliff is like a cliff. There aren't trees. Yeah. There so there was nothing to hit. Yeah. She just sailed. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I would hope that my brain would just shut off. Right? I wonder if she remembers that part. She said she doesn't. Oh. She remembers veering off the road, but she yeah. doesn't remember the fall. To miss an animal. To miss an animal. I wonder Aww. what kind of animal it was, you know? Well, and that's a, you know, I was wondering that, too, because when I was talking about, like, a few episodes ago about all the most dangerous animals Mm -hmm. well actually one of the most dangerous is the deer the white-tailed deer well yeah because people are constantly either hitting them or swerving to miss them Mm -hmm. and having accidents growing up in basically rural georgia rural rural white-tailed deer are the freaking worst 
I yeah. still to this I cannot drive at night without like I want the giant uh, lights on the big lights, <laughs> the fog lights, the fog lights on your car because I want to see everything on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. Remember yep. when I rode with you recently and yours do an automatic thing? Uh huh. We're like an un- oncoming car. My high beams. By. Your high beams. Yeah. Yeah. She was amazed by my I'm magical s- high beams. I still think about it. Because, like, yeah, as soon as another car is coming, they automatically go down. And then once they pass, it mm-hmm. goes right back to the and high And they beams. come back up, yeah. And I was like, that's amazing, Jen. I was like, I guess the orange Subaru doesn't have it all, does it? Mm. We are so excited to tell you about one of our amazing sponsors. Who gives a crap? Premium recycled toilet paper. Toilet paper, you say? How can that be bad for the environment, Jen? Well, actually, toilet paper is made from virgin trees, Megan. And we all know that no one should be out there sacrificing virgin trees. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of (laughs) devil worshipery is this? But seriously, we all know this is bad for forests and the animals that depend on those forests. Also, it takes a lot of water and energy to process those sacrificed trees into toilet paper, along with bleach, formaldehyde, and other unfriendly stuff that is used to make your toilet paper strong and soft for your delicate tushies. Want to feel like you're helping the environment each time you wipe? Well, try Who Gives a Crap? They offer both 100% recycled toilet paper and premium 100% bamboo toilet paper. Mm, premium. They also have forest-friendly tissues and paper towels. The recycled toilet paper is made from post-consumer recycled paper like office supply paper and other home paper products. Don't worry, it's not made from used toilet paper because, ew. These are soft three-ply sheets made for a super comfy wipe. Like, it's really soft and supple for your nether regions. Who Gives a Crap is also one of the only toilet paper companies that comes in cute, plastic-free packaging. The toilet paper is wrapped in compostable, recyclable paper wrappers. The paper roll tubes are also fully recyclable and compostable, as well as the cardboard boxes used for shipping. And those colorful, fun paper wrappers can be upcycled in so many different ways. I've seen someone use it for, like, flower wraps. You can wrap birthday gifts. That's true. They're really cute. They're super cute. Yeah. So it like decorates your bathroom at the same time. And it's super affordable, Megan. You can get a box of 48. That's huge. That's a lot. They're all individually wrapped. And it can, if you have two people in your household, it can last you up to six months. So that's crazy. It's only a dollar a roll. And you also, if you go to their website and you subscribe, you get $10 off your first order. Sweet. Not that you need another reason to turn your bathroom into an eco-friendly paradise, but listen to this. Who Gives a Crap donates 50% of its profits to help build toilets in countries that have few to no toilets to improve sanitation for millions of people. The founders of Who Gives a Crap learned that two 2.3 billion people worldwide. That is 40% of our population. That's crazy. In the world. They didn't have access to a toilet. It just seems so weird to most of us who do have toilets everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. But because of this, nearly 300,000 children under the age of five die every year from diarrheal diseases caused by poor water and sanitation. That's almost 800 children per day or one child every two minutes. Mm. Not okay. So they launched Who Gives a Crap in 2012. Since then, they donated almost 6 million to local partners in this effort. That's insane. Okay, nature nerds, it's on. To make your first Who Gives a Crap order, use the link on our website sponsors page at you're gonna die out there.com. There's one for the UK, there's one for US, and one for Australia. Mm-hmm. And by using this link, you go straight to the page that you can order from. And then you're also kind of helping us a little bit. Yeah. So get to wiping. <laughs> <laughs> get to wiping and feeling good about the environment. Yay. 
<laughs> no, that was a great story, but I've been trying to think of what I would pack in my emergency preparedness kit yeah. this whole time. I feel like she already was pretty prepared. She had her uh, her tool, multi-tool to mm-hmm. break the window. Mm-hmm. She was dressed awesomely in a black hoodie and black jeans. Like, I'm all for that. Right. It's just the shoes. But I mean, come on, that kind of impact. I mean, for me, I'd probably be wearing like flip flops or something. And that'd be a big problem. They would have just been gone, gone. That was just over. Or they might have floated to the top. Yeah, that's what always happens. Maybe that's what we should have. It's just floating shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Floating shoes that can sustain uh, an impact. Yeah. So they float, you know, you can find them easily. I would definitely wear floating shoes. Floating shoes. That's pretty good. What about a helmet, Jen? I don't ever want to wear a helmet <laughs> ever. Not even when I'm doing things that requires a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could get those cool ones with like the mohawk on them and stuff. I like that though. Floating or a unicorn. Shoes. Well, Jen, while we're, while we're thinking about floating shoes, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about an organization that uh, is a worthy cause. All right, so this is called Big Sur Fire. You can find them at Big Sur Fire, all one word, B-I-G-S-U-R-F-I-R-E dot O-R-G. They were established in 1974, and it is uh, the first responders providing dependable fire protection and emergency services for the Big Sur area. So, I mean, I just wanted to... Because was that the fire and rescue that got her out? Yeah, that got her out. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, California, I just want to throw it out there. The California has been experiencing pretty uh, remarkable fires in the past mm-hmm. few years. Climate change. And so anything, you know, to support the combat. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Yeah, the combat of those of those fires would be amazing. This fire department is the first and only volunteer fire department in Big Sur. It's a group of community members providing dependable fire and emergency services to all of Big Sur with a spirit of teamwork, respect, and integrity. And I'm a big fan of firefighters. Yeah, because they're usually very handsome. Super handsome. And tall. Um, (laughs) And one time when I broke my leg, you know, they had called an ambulance to come get me. The firefighters showed up first. I feel like they're always the first ones to get there. And there were like eight of them. And I was like, wow, I just... And they all carried me out. Oh, it was so dreamy. It was dreamy. It was like you fell into a calendar. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, firefighters. And when I was in Hawaii, you go to Costco and I swear to God, there was always yeah. a fire truck there. They were and, always getting stuff from Costco. Yep. Very handsome. Yeah. With the tattoos and stuff. They are real cute. Anyway. And they're just doing such a cool job and just saving lives. They're just working hard to save lives. Yeah. That's what I like about them. No, that's a worthy cause for sure. They've mm-hmm. definitely been um, working hard with battling fires constantly. I don't know yeah. if in that area in particular, but definitely in a lot of areas in California. So yeah, 100% support the firemen. That? So did you have anything to add for our emergency preparedness kit? I mean, I feel like a lot of shoes float, but I think if you really wanted to take it to the next level. Let's always, Jen, that's where we want to go the next instead level. Of, instead of getting the Jeep Cherokee. Yeah. Why not get the amphibious Jeep car boat? Oh, my God. Also known as the water car panther. I had to look that up. (laughs) I was like, isn't there like a car that's a boat and a boat that's a car? It turns out that Jeep had one, but they no longer make them. Oh, so she wouldn't find it at CarMax? You know what? Call up CarMax (laughs) and be like, I need an amphibious car. Help me out with this. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Mm -hmm. You're covered. 
You fly off a bridge into the water. No just big like deal. flip a switch. Done and done. Done and done. I don't know why they stopped making them. Maybe, you know, because I would get one. I think that we should find where one exists. We should. I'm sure they do. I'm looking at e- a lot of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I love it that it was also made by Jeep. Right. So <laughs> it's just like perfect. There's another one called Amphicar, like amphibian, but Amphicar. Amphicar. We have options. And I feel like if it's out there, we yeah. should throw it in the emergency preparedness kit. I do know that Jeep makes a kit that you can put on your Jeep Wrangler mm-hmm. um, to make it amphibious. To like for the exhaust and stuff. Done and, and done. Right? Yeah. But I, I like that. What, it's a Panther. The name of the car is Panther. I mean. Come on. That's badass. That's amazing. That's what I think we should throw in there. I think we need the water car Panther. Or you could just call it the amphibious Jeep car boat. <laughs> Whichever <laughs> one you like better. I, I feel But the like water car Panther water is car Panther, yeah. the badass name. Floating shoes and a water car Panther. Yeah, that's all you need. That's great. I mean, it would be even more cool if your car like flew. Because yeah. when you go off the cliff, you can just like take just off sail. and fly yeah. or a but, 200, if, a but if you could already do that you would just fly to your sisters and not drive they wouldn't even there wouldn't have been that incident right or you know jen a 250 foot ladder yeah probably not so easy probably not so easy or some repelling equipment yeah some ropes and but but hard I, to do with two broken collarbones <laughs> and a brain injury yeah probably not the easiest <laughs> yeah yeah but if she landed in the water she could have just sailed away yeah she could have just gone you know Come boat sail away Boat Come style. I knew you were going to do that. Of course. So she, anyway. that was definitely one of the songs going through her head. Oh, God. Yeah, that one. Get out of there. Get out of my brain. <laughs> crazy 80s songs. Um, well, thank you for that, Megan. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed that story. Like I said, I hadn't heard that one. So good survival stories. If you feel so inclined, mm-hmm. please go check out our website. And on there, you will see our latest merch, mm-hmm. which is super cool. And you should get some. And also some new sponsors. As you've heard in this episode, we mentioned some of our new sponsors. That mm-hmm. And these are companies that we support because they're eco-friendly and sustainable. And we hope that you'll check it out. That's also on our website and also our Patreon. Absolutely. Go to our Patreon site. If you feel so inclined, sign up and you'll hear a, a bonus episode. That's a full episode every month. So you can still go back and hear April. Bonus. Bonus. And you get discounts on merch and all kinds of cool stuff. So go check it out. Yeah. And also listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And until then, don't die out there. Bye.